Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Square Circle Podcast. I am your host, Marie Shadows, and you are witnessing this live. If you're watching this on the VOD, thank you for that, too. If you're listening to this on your favorite podcast episode or podcast platform, I should say, thank you for that as well. You are viewing this on twitch.tv forward slash Marie underscore Shadows. As always, for all of my audio listeners, I will try my best to completely tell you detail by detail exactly what the people who are here live, what they're seeing. And um, this will be out on anchor.fm forward slash Square Circle Podcast, as well as Spotify's podcast, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcasts from and where you want to listen to. Uh, it will be exactly on those uh, platforms distributed by anchor.fm. Now, if you're here on Twitch, thank you for that. That's really helpful that you're here watching me, you're here supporting me. And as always, as a gentle reminder, I am now Twitch affiliate. That means that I can have ads play in the background. And if you do not want your experience interrupted while you're here on twitch.tv forward slash Marie underscore shadows, by all means, you can use your Twitch Prime, which is totally free. Uh, to not have any ads or you can gift yourself or the community some gifts, <laughs> some subs, really gift me the subs. Um, and that's another way of not having uh, ads uh, while you're watching. Also, another cool feature is that if you're watching this video live or this video on demand and for everyone listening to this over on anchor.fm, I now have the names of all of my subscribers scrolling across the video. Uh, that's just to acknowledge you guys for helping me out for everything that I've been doing for the past couple of weeks, months. And that's my way of saying thank you to you guys. So your uh, names will scroll across the video uh, for acknowledgement. So if you want your name to scroll across the video, all you have to do is just send me your Twitch Prime or you can gift yourself or the community some subs so that way you guys don't get any ads. And I will always be telling everybody who's watching, all my viewers who's watching, when ads will come up just so that you could be prepared and not you know, miss a good part if you're listening to this podcast episode. All right. So, um, that's like the most housekeeping notes there is. Uh, we're going to dive right into New Japan Pro Wrestling Dantaku, which wrapped up earlier today. Today is Sunday. Um, it is a very beautiful day, but I'm here letting you know all about New Japan Pro Wrestling. So, Let's just uh dump right dump right into it. We're not we're not going to dump right into it. This, this is the thing of being live. We're going to go right into it talking about the matches and I'm going to break down the stories and we got some very interesting developments happening during uh Dantaku. Uh first and foremost, um this month is uh, the birthday month of Bullet Club. So, you know, we got to say happy birthday to the Bullet Club, even though we've been having so much drama with Bullet Club, G.O.D., and everyone else in the world. So, you know, but to be nice and to be fair, 
We're going to wish them a happy birthday. Uh, they turn nine years old as a faction. And if anything, this pay-per-view kind of brought everything back to the center of attention. Um, I'm going to still try to be unbiased while I break down everything and be analytical and stuff. So, you know, bear with me. Um, there's just really some interesting developments uh, here, um, no matter what. So let's uh, talk about, we're going to go in order. And then as we get to certain matches, uh, I'll pull up uh, certain graphics uh, to go along with it to uh, enhance the ability of, you know, why this match was important, this and that and everything like that. Um, and we'll probably watch a little bit of uh, the video for um, Don Taku as well. So, yeah. And then right after we're done talking with Don Taku, we will definitely be talking about Best of the Super Juniors. The match card, the lineup has definitely been put out during uh, the Don Taku uh, pay-per-view. So we're going to get into that. We're going to get into a lot of things here. But first, I do have to say that the first match... Uh, the opening match for Dantaku was that uh, trios match. We had um, Zack Sabre Jr., Taichi, Takamichinuku taking on uh, Shingo, Bushi. And I totally forgot the guy that they had with them as, like, X. Um, totally forgot the guy they had with them. Um, but I would like to say that um, I skipped the first match uh, just because, you know, um, as much as this, it will probably was a really good opening, um, I just really didn't care. I wanted to get to um, the the matches and the stories that people were talking a lot about on Twitter. Um, but I do know that uh, Shingo Bushi and their mystery partner picked up the victory over Zack Zabel Jr., Taka, and also uh, Tai Chi. As you know, uh, Shingo is the holder of the King of Pro Wrestling trophy, which basically Okada made, and it's just something for the guys to do. I don't really consider it something grand or spectacular at all. I just think that it really shouldn't be there. Like, it's a whatever, you know. I'd rather these guys win championship titles, and that's why I'm still a little, like... They should have never did away with the Intercontinental Championship title, especially when you have House of Torture, like, hogging up all the fucking titles and not doing anything, you know? Uh, so, Shingo is still our King of Pro Wrestling uh, trophy holder. He took it off of Taichi in a weird stipulation of getting to a score of... What was it like 30 pinfalls? Um, it was really weird. I will say that New Japan Pro Wrestling does get kind of creative when it comes to their match stipulations and their and their gimmick matches. Like they get they get creative. They really do. Moving over, we have uh Yo taking on uh Hiromu and this one this match excuse me. This match could have been a little bit better. It felt like, you know, honestly, for the past month, maybe, 
Um, this is probably like after show turned on yo and after last year's best of the super juniors that yo just sort of feels like he's in limbo where like he's not the best performer at the moment um he obviously can you know perform and he obviously can be a very great wrestler uh, but for some reason, I think he's still in his own head where there's not enough fire or, like, passion whenever he's uh, fighting. That's why Hiromu was, like, super angry with him and really telling him that, like, hey, where is that yo from, like, before? Where's that yo with that drive? Like, Hiromu wants, like, competition. He wants to bring the best out of yo. But, um, you know, it just feels like um, yo is not technically all there when it comes to fighting and and stuff like that uh he's been paired with okada twice in like tag teams uh going against uh the combination of like hiromu and and naito um as we're leading as we were leading up to dantaku um but yeah This match could have definitely been a little bit better. Um, Hiromu does pick up the victory against uh, his battle with Yo. Yo put out a good effort, but, you know, I I just want something. I want something a little bit more from Yo other than, like, you know, me nicknaming him Hoodie Boy. Because it's like, he comes out with these awesome hoodies where it's like, I want to take the hoodies and wear them. Um, because I, I like hoodies too, you know, um, but I need something more from yo. Like if we really think about it in terms of, uh, who's better, right? If we had to compare, we had to pick one, uh, if yo is better or show is better, I get more enjoyment out of watching show than I do watching yo. Um, show joining up with House of Torture was a really good idea for him. Um, I still say that he is an adorable heel, which, by the way, never really happened in professional wrestling. Um, heels, you sort of like boo them or like you, you love to hate them, uh, even though you know that they're like playing a bad guy. But when it comes to show, I'm just like, this guy is way too adorable to be um, a bad guy. Way too adorable. Uh, the way that he cheats is too adorable. And, you know, he just fits right into House of Torture now. Um, for Yo, Yo needs a, a change in either character direction or even just get a character. Or even just get a character that, you know, can make people believe. Um, but yeah, like I said, that Yo is a definite, definitely good wrestler. He just needs something. He needs to attach onto something. Um, so, yeah. So, like I said, Hiromu wins that match against Yo. Um, Hiromu did put down his last 
um, trophy from winning Best of the Super Juniors because we will soon be going into the new Best of the Super Juniors for uh, this year. And obviously, these two are in it. Moving down, we're going to talk about Tungaloa taking on Yudro, who is part of House of Torture and still part of Bullet Club. Bullet Club is getting messy. Okay? Bullet Club is getting messy. So, this match was really good. This match, I really enjoyed it. Um, Loa coming out in new, fresh gear that made him look like a million bucks, man. Like, the way that they got his clothes to be like a really nice, sparkling white with uh, gold and blue trims. Oh, don't worry, Vortex. I'll, I'll get there when um, about Bullet Club and how like messy it is. Um, because we still have like some very, we have some unanswered questions. So, um, Loa got himself some, some new ring gear and it looks freaking amazing. Um, it reminded me uh, immediately of um, him being a Super Saiyan. Uh, it reminded me of um, just having like the Saiyan armor. Um, let me see if I can find a picture of it because it just looked... Look good. Really? All right, that is so weird. Wow. Okay. Um, everyone has like pictures of freaking Tama but not of Loa's ring gear. Wow. Okay. That, that is funny. Wow. That is, that is funny. Okay. I wanted to show you guys how he looked and, um, apparently no one has a picture of it on Twitter, which is kind of weird. Um, it really is kind of weird. So anyway, he wears um this amazing uh gear where uh it just reminds you of a of a singing outfit and I was like, Oh, this is interesting. Very interesting. Um, like I said, it makes him look like a million bucks. Obviously, Yujiro is known as a Tokyo pimp, um, and uh he had uh Peter by his side and um you know, uh, Bullet Club and House of Torture is going to do Bullet Club and House of Torture things. They're going to do underhanded tactics where they're going to use um, each other as distraction and stuff like that. Luckily, um, Jado was with uh, Tungaloa, so um, that's always a, a good thing to try and level out the uh, the playing field. So... We had a distraction 
from show in Loa versus uh, Yudro, where, you know, of course, we're always going to have some type of shenanigans that, you know, happen. Um, show thought that by simple forearms to the back that, um, you know, uh, it would hurt uh, Loa, but that's not the case. Um, so Loa uses his uh, his muscle and his strength to uh, take out Show, but Show is still going to be staying around ringside no matter what. They really tried the numbers game against Loa, but what I really appreciate is the crowd in Fukuoka that they are so behind, uh, as in like cheering uh, Loa and um, Tama as like really huge baby faces. And that's what I really, really love. Um, in the end, though, even though Yudro was taking advantage of Loa during most of the match, Loa did make a comeback. Hey, Bougie, what's up? We hit our, our goal of having 75, um, 75 followers. Uh, thank you, Bougie. Thank you. I appreciate you coming in here and uh, following. Oh, and uh, just a regular uh, update. Um, ads start in seven minutes, just so you guys know. But um, but yeah. So yes. Um, you can see by my smile that you know. Thanks for uh, being here and just gonna be listening to me talk about Dantaku. Uh, so even though Yujiro was getting the the advantage over uh, Loa, Loa came back with his power, his speed, his strength, and basically managed to get um, Yujiro up into his uh, finisher, which is called Ape Shit. Uh, yep, you're always for the people, man. Always for the people. Um, Loa picks him up, does Ape Shit, and gets the one, two, three. And this is step one in G.O.D.'s Revenge uh, to get over on House of Torture and then also Bullet Club 2. Um, so I'm happy that Loa got his uh, victory over uh, Yujiro and House of Torture uh, just because, you know, eventually House, House of Torture is going to get kicked out of Bullet Club. Like, I know they are. They, they don't need to be there. Um, but yeah, moving on to the next match, which was which is a tag team match. God, man. So it's the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, Master Wado and uh, Taguchi. Taking on Yoshinobu and uh, Doki of Suzuki-gun. And... Man, I know that Taguchi is such a comedic, um, I was going to say character. He really is a character. This man came out commando. He came out with his underwear in hand and basically like, I swear, man, at one point when he gets into the ring, he puts it on as if like it's a helmet. And I'm just like... Yo, how does Master Wado deal with this guy? Like, how are you not, like, chuckling every chance you get 
or even looking at him and being like, why are we partners? You know, like um, Taguchi put the put the underwear over his face as if like he's trying to intimidate the other wrestlers. And I'm just like, oh, my God, Taguchi, like, man, uh, this was a, a very good match back and forth wise. Uh, Doki is, is good as well. Um, Master Wada was getting better. Like, um, he actually decided to, uh, do some offense without, like, someone, like, I guess, beckoning him to, uh, do some offense in this match, and, uh, he took the initiative, which was a very good thing. Master Wada was, uh, slowly becoming his own, and I think that he was becoming his own once he got the championship, uh, the tag team, uh, championship with, uh, Taguchi, um, but now we're seeing him, you know, be a smarter wrestler, um, you know, do some tricks here and there where no one's really gonna be like, oh, you know, Master Wado ain't gonna do that. Like, Master Wado is very sly and crafty now, which is a good thing. Uh, before Master Wado had his own glow up, um, I was just like, I was just like, man, like, I don't really get Master Wado, you know. Master Wado just translates to Master Water. You know, it's a gimmick. Um, but according to Chris Charlton, uh, who was on commentary for, like, the whole entire show with Kevin Kelly, he was saying how Doki doesn't like Master Wado. <coughs> hey, J-Rod, I'm not up to juice yet. Slow down. <laughs> I know. Hold on. I'm not up to juice yet. Slow down for a second. <laughs> um, so Chris Charlton was saying how Doki is upset at Master Wado because Master Wado had a like had his excursion and Doki feels like um, you know New Japan always backed Master Wado more than uh, than Doki. And I was like, oh, that's that's a very interesting development. Um, that would like you know explain a lot. Um, so the cool thing that I remember in this match is that Yoshinobu goes and takes you know like a swig of uh, his alcohol, and he's about to spit it into uh, Taguchi's face, but uh, Taguchi turns him around and like I forgot like how it goes, but he most likely attacks him so that way Yoshinobu can spit the drink out into Doki's face. And then Master Wado comes in with a roll-up, pulls down his fucking pants, and basically has his ass sitting on Yoshinobu's face while the referee counts to three. And obviously, you're not, like... It's like having Rikishi do the stink face to you, you know? Um, You're just not going to kick out. You're just going to be like, oh, this motherfucker, like... You know, you know, I'm just going to stay here. But um, freaking Taguchi and his ass won the match uh, for this uh, tag team championship. And uh, Masawato and Taguchi remain as IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champions. Um, I also did see on Twitter, it was floating around that um, Doki finally signed a, a New Japan contract. Um... And I'm like, he's been working without a contract? Like, I didn't I didn't know this. Like, you know, I, I didn't know he was not working without a contract. Uh, but also congratulations to Doki for getting um, a New Japan contract. And yes, J-Rod, 
Taguchi is definitely the new Mr. Ass. Um, I'm surprised this time Master Waddle didn't tell him to pick up his pants. Um, like, like, like he did before. I guess it's because of uh, the place that they were in, in Fukuoka, there wasn't many, there was barely any, like, children. So I guess if they're in, like, Corkin or, like, one of the other ones, uh, Master Waddle's going to be like, bro, pick your pants up. Moving from one tag team. Oh, yeah. I guess I guess we're going to the next tag team match. Um Yeah, we're going to the next tag team match. I want to somehow do this in order, but um all of my notes are like up here rather than like I, I wrote them down. Um because I just finished like watching the show, so We'll go on to the next triple threat um, tag team match. So this one is for the IWGP World Heavyweight Tag Team Championships, which um, it's Jeff Cobb, the Great Okan, taking on Yoshi, Yoshihashi and Goto and uh, Chase and Fale. So this one actually had a, a stipulation on it, which was it is a Tungan Tornado Tag Match. Which all it means it's a it's a tornado tag match. The reason why it has tongue in on it because Fale's tongue in. So that's the only reason why. It makes no difference. It's still a tornado tag match where there are no tag ins. All teams start in the ring and you know it's one fall to a finish. So same thing. Um, they just don't have to tag in and out. This match was very interesting. It was very fast paced uh, because it was a tornado tag match. However, I do have to say that that is such a bullet club thing to do, especially when you know you cannot beat the champions, I guess, two-on-two in a clean fucking fight. It has to be bullet club advantage. Now, granted, today is May 1st, 2022. I believe on May 3rd, it's, you know, the ninth year of bullet club. So May... Plus, this New Japan pay-per-view, we're going to call it a pay-per-view, Dantaku basically made Bullet Club at Fukuoka. That is like the birthplace and the origin story of Bullet Club. So, May, nine years ago, in Fukuoka, at Dantaku, made Bullet Club. Now, what does that have to do with this uh, tag team match? Basically, Bullet Club has to get the advantage no matter what. I've said it before many times on my previous podcast episodes that Bullet Club is the most dangerous faction in professional wrestling because they use everything to their advantage. They use the outside environment like no other. And you know for a fact that if you're fighting a Bullet Club member, you better... You better have eyes in the back of your head. You better have even like eyes everywhere because Bullet Club will uh, have the numbers advantage even if you know there's only like three of them or four of them. Like, you know, these guys are very tactical. These guys are very um, positioned with like the things that they do and how they... um, and how they go about, um, you know, how they go about the way that they, uh, 
Bougie, I love you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm checking Twitter while I'm while I'm talking about Bullet Club and putting them over. Um, but you got to be careful with Bullet Club. So the reason for this tornado tag is because even though Fale and Chase can be very tactical and basically run the whole entire tag match without any interference, they do have to live up to the Bullet Club name and the shenanigans that Bullet Club does. So therefore, this is why we have a, a tornado tag match. Um, like, it was a great match. I was like surprised. I was like, oh, this is so interesting. Um, my only problem with it is that we have new IWGP tag team champions. I, you know, it's not that I don't want uh, Fale and Chase to not have championship titles. I remember last year, I basically threw some shade at Chase um, just because. Um, and I said that Bullet Club don't need trophies. Bullet Club needs championships. And, you know, he liked it, even though that was about him at the time. Um, and now, and now, Chase has a fucking championship title. His first ever New Japan title. It's a tag team, it's a tag team title. It still counts. It's his first one. And yeah, you know, um, I may have some, some issues with, uh, with Chase. Um, you know, everyone has their issues with, with everyone else. Um, but I will give credit where credit is due for Fale and Chase being smart to add that stipulation to this triple threat tag team match where you had Yoshihashi and Goto and those two are not slouches by any means in the tag team division. They are one of the best tag teams in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Jeff Cobb and the Great Okan, they are a fabulous, fantastic team. Like, I love the fact that they were champion. I love the fact that New Japan took a chance on the United Empire other than having um, Will Ospreay be champion for... um, not only for the United Empire, but also to represent New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, so I'm a, I was happy that uh, Jeff Cobb and um, what do you call it? Uh, Jeff Cobb and the Great Okan um, won. Um, you know their tag team champions ships. Um, so here is the picture of uh, Fale and Chase as the new tag team champions. Um, Let's just see how long that they are going to um, keep them. Let's see what they're going to do with them. Are they going to be fighting champions? Are they going to, you know, cower everywhere? You know, if anything, Fale has that spirit of accepting challengers, but also being smart in, like, what challengers he accepts. Um... I, you know, I really think that uh, the match could have went either way. It, um, the tag, the tag team titles could have went back 
to Yoshihashi and Goto, but if it did, I would have been very bored. I would have been like, why the fuck is it going to go back to them? Um, I was hoping for Jeff Cobb and the Great Okan to, um, you know, retain the titles. But again, because this pay-per-view of New Japan Pro Wrestling, um, it is May. It is nine years till the day. I understand why they gave it to Fale and Chase. I really did. Sometimes, you know, New Japan doesn't really listen to what the fans want sometimes when it comes to booking and decisions and stuff like that. But this one, they basically like, it felt like they listened, even though I didn't want, I didn't want Fale and Chase to win. Um, but we'll see how things play out. We'll see, we'll see how things play out. Um, I will say that, uh, it was it was a very like I said a really really nice match. All right. Shall we go next to Tama versus Evil? This man man we will go We're going to celebrate the same way that we celebrated before. What what image is this? We are going to celebrate like we did before for Tama, okay? Uh, Give me one second. I want to find... I want to find the picture. Did anyone else enjoy Dantaku while I find this picture? Oh, I was like, it takes up the whole screen. That's not, that's not what I wanted to do. It takes up the whole screen. All right, give me a second. I need to go refill my water in order for me to make it through the rest of this uh, this podcast episode. All right. Let's talk about this Tama versus Evil match. Man. I automatically want to jump into um Tama's psychology and like one day we all got to give Tama his flowers for the way that he structures and puts together um a match. I know that like, you know, it's him, it's other people behind the scenes that put together his matches. But, um, you know, I remember I I woke up today, automatically checked Twitter, which is not really a good thing to do. 
Uh, just because, you know, you're waking up and, you know, sometimes people might say some shit or whatever. But, you know, I woke up, checked Twitter, and um, I saw that, you know, it came true. Tama got his first ever singles win. And he is now our new never openweight champion. Uh, because, you know, he took it away from Evil. Evil did not really need it. Whenever Evil is double champion, Evil does not elevate the division. Evil does not, like, you know, do story correctly. Like, you know, at least we have it in the hands of someone who is going to elevate, you know, the uh, division. So, yeah, let's talk about, um, you know, Tama's... uh, you know, psychology going into this match. So if you, okay, for those of you that have the New Japan World uh, subscription, I can't talk now. For those of you that have the New Japan World subscription, which you guys should get because like today they charge me like seven bucks. It's usually like eight, but they charge me seven bucks. So head over to njpwworld.com, get yourself a subscription and you know, enjoy professional wrestling with me. So everywhere that Tama goes, there's different psychology that's uh implemented in his matches. Uh whenever he's fighting evil, uh each region that they go to is a little bit different. If he's in a region where it's more um urban, more like farmer type um citizens that don't really like get out to go to like a really big city um and stuff like that you gotta play the fundamentals to the crowd so you gotta play baby face and heel you can't uh like deviate from that it has to be cut and dry um if he's in like tokyo you know there's a little bit more wiggle room for what you want to do, what kind of story you want to tell, what kind of ending you want to tell. Because in like Tokyo and Kyoto, like the main areas where it's more uh, like city life and stuff like that, you know, they understand wrestling a little bit more, but they're not going to understand it like how an, how an American understands it, you know, uh, where in America we do whatever the fuck we want sometimes and you're like hey i thought you were babyface why are you now being a heel like you're supposed to sell like you're a babyface and continue the story that you're a babyface when you're fighting a heel but again americans tend to you know take take it take creative into their own hands and sometimes it just doesn't like um go over well so um going back to using like tokyo and kyoto as an example Thomas psychology when he uh plans his matches um you know and depending on who he's fighting um you know there there can be some wiggle room um this one here in Fukuoka he is so over as a baby face that it just makes me smile when the cheers you can hear the cheers you can hear the claps um you can hear them make noise and uh, Kevin Kelly is completely right when he says that um, the easiest way to uh, be a babyface or the easiest way to like get on the good side of the fans is by beating up evil, beating up the house of torture. And that's exactly what 
uh, Tama did. Tama went out there, um, met Evil halfway down that ramp. Um, and then, you know, the match continued and stuff like that. Uh, you know, they had a really good back and forth. Uh, Evil, you know, always loves grabbing the fucking microphone and just wrapping it around Tama's, like, neck. And, like, you know, this time he called him a loser. <laughs> and I'm here, like, I one day just want Evil to curse me out in English. Uh, I just want him to curse me out in English because I think that, you know, uh, him speaking English is is interesting. It sounds interesting. But that's just, like, one of my things that I want Evil to uh, talk in English. Also, a little side note, a little side, I guess, tangent, I don't know. I want Evil to come over here to the States and be part of the AEWX New Japan Forbidden Door pay-per-view. If Evil comes to the States, this man is going to be over. This man is going to get cheered. This man is going to, you know, become a star. And you guys might think that I'm crazy because Twitter likes to inform me that I'm crazy, that my ideas are stupid and shit. So I'm just going to say this. I'm going to say some more stuff about this. Everybody on Twitter has a voice and everyone on Twitter will complain about something, right? They always complain about evil and I complain about him too, but I know that evil has a lot more potential and it's not being reached because he's constantly in Japan. He's constantly around Dick Togo, which is not helping him. And and there's this automatic ceiling on evil already. So if evil were to come over to the States and be part of the Forbidden Door pay-per-view, um, people would definitely be more accepting to him. And I'm talking about the fans that are going to be attending the Forbidden Door pay-per-view. I'm not talking about the ones that chatter all day on Twitter don't know what the fuck they're talking about there's a difference between what you see on TV what you feel on TV what you interpret it on TV or you know your laptop screen versus seeing evil live you know there uh, there's a difference it goes with like any wrestler the way that we interpret media when we're watching it, it's a lot different from when you're going to a local event and, you know, you're actually there seeing the wrestler live and you're watching the wrestler's matches. So, you know, I think that Evil would do fantastic if he were to come over here to the States for a little bit, have his little American tour and, you know, end up going back. And I bet you that Evil will be a big fucking star over here in the States. I'm still for evil coming over here. So back to the match. Um, Tama and evil have this really undeniable chemistry together in the ring. And it really showed the psychology in Fukuoka. Right. Um, so Tama has evil in um the scorpion deathlock because evil likes using that move um so tama has uh that submission on evil and you know tama's like raking it in like really putting it on evil and um dick togo decides to 
go and take um, the hammer used for the bell and rings the bell. And Tama being the baby face and playing it so fucking perfectly that, you know, Tama is celebrating. Tama's like, yes, he won. He beat evil. He tapped out evil. Um, and then all of us are like, what the fuck is happening? What, what is this? I automatically thought it was, it it was a screw job. I was going to be so upset, but luckily that didn't happen. Um, so the referee is explaining to, uh, you know, Tama about this and, you know, of course, Dick Togo had to get into this shenanigans everywhere and, um, you know, the match continues and at certain points evil still thinks that using the same underhanded tactics um basically like you know is gonna get tama no tama knows almost everything these guys do like this is why i say evil has this ceiling capped on him because he does the same shit while i'm here like yo tama already knows your weaknesses tama already knows you're gonna go for a low blow like you gotta switch it up if tama's willing to switch it up by being in hantai you know i i think it's time for evil to fucking switch it up too and still be evil and part of hearts of torture but just different moves and and shit like that so they had a really unique freaking sequence to end the match and that sequence is fantastic um if i remember correctly tama is trying to get the gun stun on evil so that way it could be it could be over but tama just really can't evil is uh blocking him every chance that he gets and i remember they have a spot with the referee where um uh evil pushes the referee tama does a leapfrog over the referee and um catches him with the gun stun and then it's one two three and tama wins the never openweight championship title and then we have the good sisters coming in and fucking up a feel-good moment and anderson basically like declares war on tama and holds up that never championship title and challenges him for it and yeah fuck the good sisters uh for doing that shit let's let's watch um give me a second here I have so many things here. Um, We are going to be watching the ending to Tama versus Evil, uh, the way that it um, happened. Um, To give some clarification, this is after... Um, this is after, um, Dick Togo decides to ring the bell, um, and, uh, 
So yeah, this is after they they ring the bell. Um, let me first check my my stuff. Uh, all right. Um. Headphones. Uh, where are we? Okay. Okay. Uh So yeah, that is how the secrets went. And And I thought that was a pretty cool ending sequence where uh you know, Thomas still caught um well caught him with the with the gun stun. Um, so, yeah. So, Tama is our winner of having to carry around now the never openweight championship title. But I really do appreciate the way that, um, Tama structures his matches and, um, the way that, uh, you know, he goes about the psychology of it because uh, it could have just been an, an easy um you know house of torture regular match where you know it wouldn't be that much uh to go on or anything like that so you know tama wins he is our winner he is our new iwgp never overweight champion and then like i said the good sisters had to come in and fuck everything up <laughs> And that tells you the difference between um between the good sisters mentality um and GOD's mentality and of course you know Bullet Club is supposed to be like hey um oh oops Bullet Club is supposed to be like hey 
uh, when you do these underhanded tactics. So, you know, you gotta, um, you know, you gotta do it too. And that's how they get the one up on people. So, you know, um, that, that's how, that's how it happens. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed, um, Tama versus Evil. Uh, Tama got the belt, rightfully so. Uh, definitely well deserved. Definitely well deserved. This is only, I guess, step two now because step one was Loa defeating Yudro of House of Torture. And now we have Tama defeating, uh, Evil becoming champion. And then Carl Anderson is like, yeah, I'm taking this belt. You know, that is what's happening. Um, all right. I am moving on because I don't have any other notes uh, for that one. Uh, but the whole psychology of this one was like really, really good. Um, you know, the, the Fukuoka crowd loves, um, they, they, they love, uh, Tama. They really do. Um, next one, we are definitely going to be talking about, uh, El Desperado and, uh, Taiji Ishimori. Um, for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship title. Um, this match felt sort of off, as if, like, Taiji had El Desperado's number the whole entire time. Usually, when it comes to El Desperado um, defending his IWGP championship title, it's really something special. It's something different. Um, and every single match that he has with somebody is always, like, different. Um, he's faced uh, Taiji many times. And, you know, they've always had a really great uh, match. But this one fell off. Just because of, um, Taiji basically, um, drove El Desperado's like midsection area, like his, his torso, um, on top of the barricade. And that changed the whole momentum and advantage of the match. Desperado still gave it his all, but Taiji came in as a fighter willing to go the distance, willing to beat the shit out of Desperado. Like he came there for a mission to get that championship belt, to fight for it. And that's exactly what you felt, what you saw, especially with Taiji using uh, the ring post to throw El Desperado in there to mess up his shoulder. Um, but yeah, once El Desperado was thrown onto the barricade, that's when things like just changed and, uh, Taiji Ishimori like took advantage of it. Um, you can tell that, uh, Desperado was slowing down in his attacks and his, uh, thought pattern, but he still was, um, ambitious and persevered through. He even put Taiji in, uh, numero dos, which is wrapping, uh, the calf around, uh, your neck and like, uh, cranking on it in, in, in a way. Um, but 
Taiji was just like, I, I could get out of this. Taiji was countering El Desperado. And yeah, like it felt like, you know, Taiji had Desperado's number. This didn't feel like let's, let's give Taiji the win because it's, it's Bullet Club's birthday. It felt more like, you know, he went in there and he was like, I'm going to be champion coming out. Like he believed it, that he was going to be champion. And that's what I really appreciate about New Japan Pro Wrestling and the New Japan wrestlers is that the stories that they tell in the ring for these championship titles, um, which, you know, you can make, you could feel like it's a gladiator type of thing where, um, you know, the challenger goes in and sometimes the challenger isn't lucky because the champion has to be the best. They have to be tip top shape. They have to be the best at what they're doing because they are representing the company. You know, they're, they're, they're the champion. So, um, this, like I said, this, this just felt like Taiji was like, nah, fuck that. Like Des- Desperado's title reign has come to an end and it did. It did. Taiji managed to have El Desperado tap. Um, the same way that uh, Okada, I believe, made El Desperado tap. When it was Okada versus Despi, um, just champion versus champion in a way, just to see what, um, you know, just to see stuff. So this match was good. But you definitely felt like something was off. And you definitely felt like Taiji, um, you know, went in there and he was going to win. Um, it was still a fun match to watch. It really was. Uh, so our winner for this one and our new champion is Taiji Ishimori. He is our IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. All right, so moving on to the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship, which is Tanahashi versus Ishii. Now, originally, it was supposed to be Tanahashi versus Will Ospreay, but Ospreay caught covid um, so they had to scramble and uh, give us this. So the interesting thing before we jump into the match. The most interesting thing before we jump into the match, is that Tanahashi came out with his ring gear, but his ring gear had boas on it, and it was black boas. If you know anything about Tanahashi, if you know the way that I speak about him, Tanahashi is the light and the hope in this whole entire pandemic. He's the light and the hope in all of our darkest of times. And we look to him as like 
um, you know, the guiding light. That is what we look towards Tanahashi as, the guiding light. And I was just a little perplexed that he came out in all black. Um, Ishii did not have any type of ring gear change, but it's very uncharacteristic of Tanahashi to come out in all black. Now, during the press conference, if you were here yesterday with us, um, Ishii basically said that he's going to open up uh, Tanahashi's eyes wide because it seems like Tanahashi has been um, looking through his eyes through rose-tinted glasses, which basically means that, you know, even though, um, like, Tanahashi is not really in tune with reality, um, that he has to, you know, sort of, he empathizes with a lot of people, you know, um, to say, to say that, uh, so it's a little perplexing that Tanahashi would, um, come out in like black feathers, um, you know, and I'm here like, oh, are we going to get a Tanahashi heel turn? Like, are we really going to get that? Like, I really want that. Um, and Tama has to go save him. Like, I want something like that. I want story. But regardless, Tanahashi versus Ishii was a very good IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship match. It felt like it could go either way. I didn't mind if Ishii became champion. It will be it'll be interesting. It'll be uh nice. But getting down to who won, who lost, Tanahashi is our new IWGP United States Heavyweight Champion. And this match really tested Tanahashi. Ishii tests a lot of people. Like, when Ishii gets unleashed to, you know, do Ishii things, uh, he brings out a different side of you during the matches um, Tana like dug deep down for like some of the comeback stuff that he did. Uh, but you knew that like Tana was like fucking tired. Um, you knew Ishii was tired, but Ishii wasn't giving up. Uh, they both had that fighting spirit. Uh, but in the end, like Tanahashi came out on top as our, uh, champion. And then more bullet club tactics, right? More bullet club stuff. Chase Owens comes out. Chase wanted a championship title against Tana, um, you know, last year, but he never got his uh, chance. But that doesn't matter. He's happy being tag team champion right now. However, out of nowhere, we get a new member to Bullet Club. We get a new member to Bullet Club, man, like, where is it? We get Juice Robinson to Bullet Club. This is a big deal, even if people do not think it is a big deal. It is a big deal because, you know, you're going to have to admit it to yourself. I'm going to admit it right here on the Square Circle podcast that he worked everybody. 
He had that interview where he said that his contract is coming up. It's expiring. Like he's not going to renew. He's going to go off and do something else. Everyone, you know, said, you know, take care juice, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like gave him, you know, the blessing and stuff. And then all of a sudden on May 1st in Dantaku in Fukuoka, out comes Juice Robinson with uh, a mask on, has a jacket on, attacks Tanahashi, holds up that IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship title, and basically like says this is going to be his next. Um, I personally want David Finley to join Bullet Club. I'm still waiting for that uh, just because... Uh, David needs something new uh, in his uh, career. The same way that Juice needed something new in his career. Like, they basically had a uh, a ceiling, um, you know, given to them. And Juice is breaking his by going over with, um, with Bullet Club. And basically, like, you know, it's... It's very interesting. It's an interesting development. Uh, it's an interesting grab. And I bet you that this was Chase recruiting Juice. I do not see Jay recruiting Juice at all. If anything, I could see Jay recruiting David Finley just because they had their history and their, their win-loss record to each other. Uh, but I, I will guarantee that... Um, you know, uh, Chase was the one that was like, hey, let's, let's bring in uh, Juice. Um, but yeah, this is going to be a very interesting uh, development um, for having Juice Robinson um, in Bullet Club, you know. Um, let's see if we can find his backstage comments, which most likely we probably can. Um. Okay, that's that. Um, we'll watch. We'll watch some more backstage comments too. Uh, by the way. Ads are going to be starting in three minutes. If you do not want your um, experience to be interrupted, by all means, uh, send me over that Twitch Prime and or gift the yourself and or the community some subs in order to continue your experience without any interruptions. Uh, Ad starts in two minutes now. All right, uh, let me take this out. All right, so I'm going to skip ahead. 
All right. Wow. Okay. Um, I was not expecting Juice to automatically blow up like that. Um, but then again, you know, uh, it does sort of hold right that he does, and he's not wrong in anything that he said in his backstage comments. Um, I was getting a little tired too of the whole, um, you know, when is Juice and David really going to, uh, either turn heel or, you know, when they're going to do this, when they're going to do that, because, um, it's just really sad that they, I don't know, they got lost in the shuffle, you know, they're a really good tag team. Um, you know, they have, uh, a lot to offer, but, um, I just don't, I just don't get it. So I'm not really upset that, that Juice is, um, you know, there, um, in Bullet Club. Um, I think this is a very good opportunity for him to explore and to be with people who, you know, are on top of their game, you know. I'm just, like I said, I'm still waiting for David Finley to, um, you know, go to Bullet Club and see what happens. Um, we better get, like, some backstage comments from David Finley to be like, bro, what the fuck? Like, seriously? Like, they hugged at, you know, the end of, um, what do you call it? At the end of, uh... Why is it why is the name escaping me? Um at the last New Japan show. Damn, the name fucking escapes me. All right. We are going to be talking about the main event of New Japan Pro Wrestling Dantaku, which was Okada versus Naito. And I tweeted out that, you know, this match was not made for us. This match was made for the fans of Japan, the fans of Fukuoka. And by the way, uh, at the PayPay Dome, they sold 8,000 plus tickets. So, you know, it was headlined by Okada versus Naito. So, you know, that number goes to them. Um, this main event 
was really good. It was really good. Um, Okada and Naito always has this specialness about them, this unique chemistry about them when it comes to uh, fighting, uh, when it comes to professional wrestling. Like, they are really good at what they do. So, you know, uh, this match is no different. Um, Okada versus uh, Naito, for any aspiring wrestler out there, like, you know, just watch... um, just watch this match. Any type of combination of like anything that Okada does, anything that Naito does, like there's little tiny things inside their matches that are really nice. Um, sometimes, you know, Naito would uh, think a couple steps ahead of Okada and like get him um, into his own web. Um, Naito did not do his uh, combination cabron which is basically like throwing the guy into the into the corner turnbuckle, sweeping the leg over, jumping over, and doing a uh, double drop kick uh, to the chest of the guy. Um, he didn't do that in this match. If he did, I probably missed it, but most likely he didn't because I would have heard uh, Kevin Kelly uh, say so. Um, the other thing, too, is that um, Okada... Okada is a tricky fucking wrestler, man. Um... For for as long as I've watched Okada, um, he only gets better with time. And depending on who he's wrestling, he has a game plan. And then sometimes that game plan um, tends to level up while he uh, has these matches with these amazing wrestlers, these amazing athletes. And Naito gave it his all. Like, you felt the fucking brotherhood in this match. And you knew that this match was important to Naito. Because Naito wants to become champion one more time. Um, He's hitting close to being 40. That's the time where he says that, you know, he's going to retire because of his knees. He doesn't know how long he has for his bum knees, which is understandable because, you know, um, Naito really has not taken uh, time to really, like, get surgery if he needs to get surgery. So he's on borrowed time with his knees, um, which is kind of like... Scary to sort of think about it just because um, it's like, wow, you know, you're still wrestling at such a really high level that you don't know when your knees are going to give out. And the last thing you want is to, like, blow out your knees during a match and then they have to, like, stretch you out because you can't walk, you know? Um, Wrestlers are really amazing people amazing athletes and you know i i really feel for them and i understand um you know what they go through and stuff like that and my whole thing is that i need naito to really 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 um you know uh get better and hopefully um you know maybe get the the victory one day and have that title over his shoulder like i don't know what they're going to be doing um, but this match was really nice. I will also like to say that, um, I have been trained so well to when I watch Okada matches that the moment Okada grabs, uh, your wrist, that's it in a way. Like once he has wrist control, that is it, man. Like, you know, you better, you know, you better have a plan. Um, so that way he could get, 
he, uh, you can get out of risk control, but the moment he has risk control, you know that it's about to be over. Um, Naito put up one hell of a fight. Okada put up one hell of a fight. These guys are, are two special athletes in New Japan that always give it their all, always one-up each other, and always knows how to play the game of chess. Um, I'm not sure who's better at playing the game of chess. Sometimes Okada will be maybe four steps ahead of Naito, but then like Naito will be like maybe that five steps ahead. Sometimes um, when it comes to Naito versus uh, Okada, it can be slow. It can be like a really boring buildup. They've had like boring stuff in the past. I will say that. But this one was like, a you know, better, very good pace. Um, but Okada was just a little bit more better than Naito on Dantaku. Um, it paid off. It really paid off. Like you saw that Naito had, you know, these watery eyes after, after the match, um, s- sort of like smirking and smiling at Okada. Cause you know, he had fun, even though he didn't, he didn't win. The crowd was into it. And then, you know, Okada, you know, saying thank you in Spanish to uh, Naito. Um, And I immediately again tweeted out that you can feel the brotherhood um, between the two. And um, that's what professional wrestling is after you have a long series of matches with, like, your best rival. So, like, Okada makes wonderful memories and like magic with um Kenny. Um those matches are are really good. Um his matches with Naito are really good. Um and then he has like the one-off matches like Okada versus uh Tamatanga that shit was fucking fantastic. Um Okada has faced so many guys and has evolved over time that there's a reason why they're they're keeping the championship title on Okada. Um Okada just understands how to carry a wrestling company and they trust him. So, you know, that's part of it too. Um, So, yeah. Um, Okada went for like, like I'm talking about the finish now. Okada went to do this, um, like, what did, I forgot how they called it on commentary. But he he flipped over uh, Naito and sort of did like a, um, it's not really a sidewalk slam, but, um, you know, slammed Naito's back on the, um, the, the, the canvas, sort of like, just like throwing him down and then picked him up and did uh, the Rainmaker. Um, and then that was it. And Okada kept, Okada is still our IWGP World Highway Champion. Um, and like I said, uh, Okada thanked Naito um, in in Spanish, so I got a little like, oh my god, it's so cool, you know, a little like, oh, starstruck uh, from it. Um, let's watch the whole entire beatdown because even though Okada said what he had to say to the fans and letting people know that, you know, thank you for following the COVID rules and that uh, Japan is going to be sort of like opening back up again, uh, in a way, uh, that he just thanked everybody. And then, um, you know, Bullet Club came out 
And I'm going to say that, um, you know, when Jay White's music hits in New Japan Pro Wrestling, it is completely different from anything else. It's a different feel. It's a different, like, mindset when you hear his music drop when it comes to New Japan Pro Wrestling. If it's here in the States, excuse me, if it's here in the States, it doesn't really have that same effect, you know. Um, and I think that that attributes to um, Jay White, um, you know, doing amazing things in New Japan Pro Wrestling and staking his flag, uh, you know, the King Switch flag in New Japan Pro Wrestling as one of the best and definitely wrestling's number one assets. Uh, before I do that, uh, I am going to take a mini little break and then we are going to watch that backstage um, comments and everything just in case if you didn't see it and then we're going to be watching some more backstage comments and stuff. But I will see you guys in, in a tiny, in a little bit. An ad about pooping. Swear. One another to get their hands on that man, to get the opportunity to wrestle the Rainmaker. But I can guarantee it's going to be what? No, but is it technical? <laughs> what? It feels different. Oh it really does. It feels different. It feels so different. Happy G.O.D. days, uh, Gary. I was about to say Switchblade. Happy G.O.D. day. The Switchblade, Jay White, has returned to New Japan Pro Wrestling and is coming down to the ring to confront the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, Kashiko Kata. We haven't seen him in Japan for a year, almost to the day. And now he's decided it's time. Yeah, I know, right? Look who finally came back to Japan. Okay, so I just need to pause there because like when I when I saw this um on my TV um, I was just like, this is so funny. Um, Okada already knows about Jay White. If anything, Jay White was the first person to like start the betrayal 
on Okada and he told Okada many times straight to his face that I'm going to betray you. You know, I'm going to fight you for that um, IWGP, IWGP championship. Wow. Uh, so long ago. <laughs> um, and that's exactly what he did the first time around when he started his uh, road to like betraying people and stuff like that. The first person he ever betrayed was definitely um, uh, Okada. Uh, and that was his way of getting out of chaos because, you know, JY was part of chaos and then, you know, um, got moved into Bullet Club along with Gato as a package deal. Um, so, you know, uh, Okada already knows what's going on. He doesn't need to have, uh, Jay White speak or anything and stuff like that. Uh, Gary says, shaking my head, I really wish I could be happy he's back, but he's a turncoat. Man, I, I just know that when, when I watch this and as we watch it together, um, you know, I, I was going to tweet out saying that, uh, I can't get, I can't get Jay White out of my head. Jay White is so good at what he does that it's one of those things of like, yo, I, man, I don't know. I'm so torn. Like I would always be loyal to, to Tama, but the way that Jay White has, when it comes to like, you know, talking about his accolades and it's like, yeah, I know. I, I agree that he did all this shit. Um, he believes his own shit and that's like very powerful. If you believe your own hype and your own words and everything like that. And you know, when you tell the world again and again, like it just, you fall into line sort of, you know, he shows you everything. Um, but the way that he fucking betrayed Tama, you know, that shit is still cold-blooded. Um, but he's so good at what he does, and I'm like, fuck, man. Like, there, there's still a part of me that's like, you know, inside is still like Jay White. Other part is, you know, for Tama and Loa. Because um, these three in professional wrestling are telling the best stories in wrestling. You can't tell me different. Do not try to come in here and be like, oh, well, what about Hangman? Fuck Hangman. Hangman ain't telling stories. What about Punk? Fuck Punk. He ain't telling stories. He's rehashing a lot of shit. Um, who else can I say? Uh, you know, if you come in here and tell me that John Moxley is telling stories, John is not fucking telling stories at all. Jay White, Tama Tonga, Tonga Loa are the ones that are telling the best stories right now in professional wrestling. Show me that. Show me that. I want to see it. I want to see it. Oh, come on. Get her with the cheap shot from behind. Okada wanting to cut to the chase. All right, I got to pause it there because we got to talk about that. 
man you see how like giddy i fucking get with this because i just know that it's great storytelling it's fantastic storytelling and this is what gets me excited this is what gets me you know um having me still want to do this talk to you guys here have my twitch channel have my podcast channel um and just tell you guys how amazing professional wrestling is when done right when done right so let's break this down shall we Okada already knows that Jay White is going to attack him no matter what. That's why he, um, you know, took the microphone away from him. And he already knows. Gato is the first person to throw the first shot at Okada. Now, I don't think that's how it happened in the first time that these guys, like, met all in the ring and shit like that. I know that Gato... The first time around, Gato was the catalyst for uh, Jay White betraying Okada and Chaos. But this one just feels totally different. Gato attacks first. um, And then, like, you know, Jay White tries to attack as well. And they think they have, you know, the numbers game because it's two on one. But Okada, Okada's champion, Okada already knows this. And I love the fact that Okada turns the tables on Jay White and Gato by, you know, at least creating some distance uh, between himself and the, and, and the other guys. And, you know, the thing that takes him out is the Blade Runner because you're not technically supposed to, like, you know, destroy Jay White's finisher, in a sense. Uh, so, you know, I love the fact that um, in New Japan for Okada, they have like that fighting champion that, you know, already knows the tactics and already like is already ready for them. Um, even if like it's two against one, doesn't matter. Okada is still going to be there and defend the honor of New Japan Pro Wrestling and also just like, you know, try to get in some offense, even if, um, you know, Jay White and Gato is a little too much. Um, which is very smart wrestling, smart storytelling. It's not like WWE where, you know, like, you know, the champion is going to get, you know, demolished. Um, if like something like this were to happen, um, unless like you're Roman Reigns, like no one's really going to demolish Roman Reigns in a way. So you get the idea. Um, but yeah, this stuff makes me happy. It makes me giddy. Um, I just, I just love it. Um, Gary says that he hopes that Okada wins. Um, most likely Okada is going to win. I don't see, uh, New Japan giving, um, Jay White the belt anytime soon. Um, if anything, you know, um, I'd rather this be like a long chase. And when we get to Wrestle Kingdom, it will be a lot more satisfying to have, you know, maybe the belt switch hands to, uh, Jay White. And then that's when Tama could go chase after Jay White and, uh, get the belt for himself because you know that once Jay White gets uh, the championship belt, Tama's going to go after it, even though I want Tama against um, Okada again, but we know that Tama's going to go after Jay White once Jay White becomes champion. Um, I don't see any other contenders um, other than like Naito, but I'm not sure if they're going to do like Naito versus Okada right away. Come on. 
remind you. Let me remind you of exactly who pause it there um yeah you know uh as jay white was you know refreshing everyone's mind in japan about um who he is and all the accolades he went through and by the way he's going to be adding to his list uh when he when he uh single-handedly out sells no sold out i'm sorry i fucked it up uh he's going to be adding to his list where he says that he single-handedly sold out the United Center for the New Japan X AEW Forbidden Door. And most likely it's going to happen. And when that show gets sold out, he's going to say that he single-handedly sold it out, which is totally fine because you want to know why? Everyone out there who's a CM Punk fan, yo, he has been super fucking quiet ever since the announcement was made. Hell, even Daniel Bryan uh, said something about it, but your hero, CM Punk, who's supposed to be the hometown hero of Chicago, hasn't said a fucking word about the pay-per-view. Let that sink in, because you guys need to stop hyping him up, stop being his fan, because he really doesn't give a shit about wrestling. Stop falling for it. If he gave a shit about wrestling, he would have been beaming and talking about it and trying to get a buzz under it because that is his hometown, the United Center, and, you know, be proud that it, that he could attribute to selling it out. But Jay White is on a whole nother level and Jay White knows how to sell out arenas. So I can't wait for Jay White to definitely be like, he sold out the United Center for the Forbidden Door pay-per-view. Just want to say that, and I will continue to say that to people who want to listen, you know. Uh, Gary says, I thought Jay said he would never want to be IWGP World Champion since the legacy isn't there anymore. Things change. That's what I'm going to say, Gary. Things change. Um, You know, the legacy really isn't there anymore, but he's still part of that debate. Um, But then again, if he did, like, you know, he's not going to be a Cody Rhodes where, you know, Cody is like, I'm not I'm not going to challenge for the AEW World uh, Championship title. Like, this is Jay White. Jay White will say, thing, will say things one day, but then when he realizes that, like, you know, 
um, he wants his name in there again, he's going to go after it. Um, JY just didn't like the idea of having both the titles be unified. Um, and then Abushi claiming that like, you know, he's God and shit like that. Like, you know, it was just really stupid, but, uh, you know, Jay's going to go after it. Jay's going to have his name etched in history for this one. Um, I say, I say, let's do this at Wrestle Kingdom. Let, uh, Jay White and Okada have this chase. Let other people have this chase in here too, to make the story a little bit more better. Uh, you know, throwing Tama and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, when, when Jay White reminds everybody about his accolades and stuff, um, you know, I just can't, I can't hate the dude. I can't, I haven't forgiven him for the way that, um, you know, he betrayed Tama, but I just, I just can't hate the dude. I really can't. Um, and if I do ever get to work with Jay White in New Japan Pro Wrestling, most likely that whole entire statement of like all his accolades would probably be his ringtone. <laughs> if he ever has to like call me, <laughs> it's going to be all that, all that shit that he says. Um, Jay Ross says that Jay, that Jay White might win the G1. He might or we got Naito win the G1, you know, um, he might, I don't know. I don't know where we're going with this, um, based on like the ending of, uh, Dantaku. And yes, I'm stalling because after JY says all that he says, freaking Carl Anderson takes the mic and Carl Anderson is so fucking cringe. Carl Anderson is so fucking cringe on the mic. And I'm like, how the fuck did you pass promo class? How are you so fucking cringe? I apologize for everyone's ears. Hey, PhD Bound, what is up? Thank you for joining the chat. Thank you for joining the chat. Yeah, um, I, I still can't believe Naito lost as well, too, you know? I thought they were going to give it to Naito for, like, one more time, and then, you know, Okada gets it back. But then it wouldn't make sense for um jay white to come out to attack naito even though like i don't think i don't think jay white cares but in terms of story of how everything plays out and um just going full circle because this whole shit feels full circle where okada has the belt again and jay white wants the belt and then he goes and attacks okada like this is fucking full circle shit man i'm happy okay i'm happy i'm hyped um yeah let's go and again apologies for your ears because it's gonna get cringe happy birthday Bullet Club. Happy birthday, Bullet Club. Happy birthday. See, super fucking cringe.
I don't understand why he named himself Rock Hard Juice Robinson. The memes. The jokes. He's so rock hard. Let me shut up. Legend of Gato Sai. legend. The IWGP Junior Weight Champion, Tai Chi Ishimori. Huh? The brand new IWGP Tag Team Champions, the Crown Jewel Chase Owens, and the King Bad Luck Ballet. Of course, returning to City Home Pro Wrestling in the Bullet Club, the Big LG Doc Gallows, and the Machine Gun Carl Anderson. But most importantly, from Prince Devendor to AJ Styles to Kenny Omega, standing right here is the best wrestler in the world. Standing right here is the man that single-handedly sold out Madison Square Garden. Standing right here is the brand new suit to be next IWGP World Champion. The Switchblade, Jay White. Bullet Club birthday, all the boys in the ring. Only one way to say it. It's just two. They just go to the back and everything. Um, and then we're going to watch some more stuff. But yeah, I'm going to have to agree with my chat that they did not um, say anything about House of Torture. Uh, so Juice is in the Bullet Club because uh, this is his heel turn, his heel run now. Um, he said in his backstage comments that, um, he thinks that, um, you know, he was like, you know, how long do you guys think I was going to be playing grab ass with Taguchi? And, you know, how long was he going to be on the apron asking for the tag of David Finley? And that, you know, um, he made it seem as if like he was held back and he sort of really was held back, you know? Um, so juice joining up with, uh, you know, Bullet Club just seems right. Um, it's a different direction for his character. And, you know, I'm here for it uh, just because, uh, you know, I want to see him do something different. I don't want to see him have his uh, potential, like, clearly capped off. Um, I said earlier that um, I always wanted David Finley to be in Bullet Club because um, I just think David Finley needs, like, a breath of fresh air, something new uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, wrestling and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I, I saw that you put that same comment up, Gary, on, on, on Twitter about, uh, they really be letting anybody in the damn club. I mean, Scott Norton is now 
Scott Norton is now a member of Bullet Club. So, yeah, you know, definitely. Um, yeah, so going back to the whole thing of um, uh, Bullet Club did not mention anything of House of Torture. Um, my theory is that uh, now that Evil is one belt less, um, you know, when House of Torture loses their trios title uh to either like Tama Loa or Jado or Tama Loa and yeah it has to be Jado because um Tanahashi is our United States champion. Um you know once House of Torture loses that they're gonna get kicked out. Um and I can't wait for it because you know House of Torture can stand on their own. They don't need Bullet Club. I've been saying this for a while. Um but the fact is that uh, for some reason JY does not want to acknowledge evil when evil was the one that tried to get Jay eliminated from the G1 uh so so long ago and they had like a good uh I guess a good stint of like being on the same team and you know um you know having some matches where they were uh, being teammates and stuff like that. But then again, uh, Jay White probably just thinks it's it's business, so he's not going to put too much emotional stock into it, even though um, him yelling at Gato and being like, Gato, did you know uh, that Evil was going to do that and all that kind of stuff? Like, that right there is emotional. Um, but yeah, House of Torture was not mentioned, man. Um, I Like I said, I can't wait for House of Torture to get kicked out. Uh, PhD Bound says, uh, Carl... Taking Tama talks too much, uh, running his mouth. Yeah, man. Um, fucking Carl, man. Carl talks so much shit. Um, and he's so cringe. So fucking cringe. Um, by the way, for everyone that is watching, uh, ads start in two minutes. You can avoid ads and not get your experience interrupted by, uh, using your Twitch Prime, which is totally free. Or you can gift yourself and uh, the community uh, some subs so that way everyone can avoid ads. I'm just letting you guys know because I am the sweetest, best uh, streamer you'll ever meet. Um, But yeah, House of Torture was not mentioned. That's very sus. I just wonder what the fuck they're going to do. Now we're going to switch over to watching some more backstage comments, especially uh, Thomas' backstage comments um, because, you know, we got we to gotta support... Uh, Tama, Tama's Island, and we gotta, you know, we gotta do it for the island. That is what we gotta do. We gotta do it for the island. Um. Or should I wait until after the ads? You know what? I, I said, I said ads and, and, and I lose two people. I'm gonna, I'm gonna snooze the ads for now. So that way we can watch together, um. Thomas backstage comments. Get my hand raised. 
being evil before I almost jumped in the back. <laughs> Is that all you got, Carl? Hmm? Is that all you got? next to you, uh, cause I wipe my ass with this face any day of the week, but you, Carl, you, I'm gonna come for you, alright, I'm gonna tell you from them to them, I'm gonna fucking own you. was a really good promo um he's totally right though that uh he's gonna go and um fuck up uh carl anderson and we're all gonna be here for it um carl's not gonna be taking that fucking championship title uh from tama like he just he just won it and tama's right that he didn't even get his fucking hand raised it's like what you know um, Tama is definitely going to like own Carl. Like, I don't see this as, um, I don't see this as, uh, like, you know, uh, Carl getting the victory over him. Like, you know, Tama has a lot more, uh, class obviously than, uh, Carl Anderson. And, you know, the good sisters are here. Like, you know, what, what, what impact are they going to do? Like, seriously. What impact are they going to do when they haven't really made an impact much of anywhere? They had their WWE run. Uh, they did what was needed for WWE. Uh, Doc Gallows was part of, you know, the Straight Edge Society. He was also Festus. And then finally, when Carl Anderson came, they like, they like um, meet up 
and you know all this kind of shit but like what it like what impact are they truly gonna do in new japan yeah man they really done fucked up like yeah definitely why poke the lion First of all, why why even poke like Tama in the first place? Unless like you want a fucking war, you know? Um, yeah, T is definitely gonna get um gallows and stuff like that. Um But yeah, like it makes no fucking sense at all. Um plus anyway, I think that, you know, it would be nice to see Tama versus Carl one on one. It definitely would be nice. Uh I'm gonna snooze ads again so that way we can watch this one. Cause I know not everyone has a um a a sub. Um Well, we'll watch this one. Bullet Club. That's one down. It's still a very long list to achieve vengeance. One down. Pimp Boy out. Who's next, Bullet Club? Don't care. Don't care who it is. Like today, for Golden Week, I came prepared. Got new gear, looking fly as fuck. And I performed fly as fuck too. And it's gonna keep continuing that way until all of BC has paid the price. Understand that? I will keep doing what I am doing until all of you have paid the price. Until that is done, I ain't looking, seeking, anything else. Blinders on, zeroed in, bullet club. Who's next? Okay. Um, totally right in his uh, backstage comments about like, you know, who's next um, and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I totally agree that um <laughs> show show is probably gonna get it next, dude. I know I know, yeah. Um yeah, show is gonna get it next. <laughs> uh yeah, he definitely was flying, yeah. Uh Loa was definitely channeling channeling his inner Vegeta. That's like the first thing I thought of. I was like, yo, he's he's wearing a Super Saiyan type of like gear. And like, yo, it looks so great on him. It looks so good. It looked really, really good. Um, but yeah, um, we watched uh most of the backstage comments, the ones that are really important uh to story and you know making me giddy and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, Dantaku always delivers. Like that's the. New Japan Pro Wrestling pay-per-view that always delivers. Um, and I enjoyed it from start to finish. I enjoyed the stories. I enjoyed the fact that Tama became our new never open weight champion. 
I enjoy the fact that, you know, titles did change hands and I understand why. Um, I still think that, you know, Carl Anderson giving him the mic is fucking cringe. Um, just leave the mic with um, Jay White. Um, uh, Juice um, joining up with Bullet Club is going to be very a very interesting development. A super big, interesting development that I did not see coming. Like I said, I wanted David Finley to... Um, do so um what else did i miss i didn't miss anything i think i'm good um all right so that basically wraps up the podcast portion of this and i i'll probably stay a little bit later for like you know q a just random talking and stuff like that um All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is everything of uh, Wrestling Don Taku for 2022. Like I said, it was a fantastic uh, pay-per-view from start to finish. Uh, wonderful stories, wonderful developments, interesting developments. Um, Bullet Club did feel like a complete unit, uh, just coming back in the way that they decided to take championships that were theirs, um, beat up people in the back like they always do, and then have Jay White, you know, be front and center and stuff like that. Um, Okada versus Naito for the main event was a fantastic showing of what it means to have like a brotherhood in uh, this business and have a brotherhood, um, you know, just in a really good company that appreciates good storytelling and appreciates really good wrestling. And, you know, I'm here to break it down for you uh, every step of the way. Um the next time that we see New Japan Pro Wrestling would be, um, I would have to look at the schedule. Best of the Super Juniors. I didn't speak about Best of the Super Juniors. I didn't do that yet, and I'm doing my closing remarks. Oh, my God. I just realized our next thing that's happening with New Japan is Best of the Super Juniors. Okay, so... For New Japan Pro Wrestling, after wrestling Dantaku, we don't see New Japan until May 6th, which is a Friday, for their Takataichi Mania 2.5. I have no idea what the hell that is. And on Sunday... May 15th is the beginning of Best of the Super Juniors. It looks like we are not... Well, I mean, uh, during Best of the Super Juniors, we're probably going to be having some um, matches with, like, you know, uh, Bullet Club, G.O.D., like, the rest of them, stuff like that. Um, yeah, let me quickly talk about Best of the Super Juniors before, like, completely... Um, closing out because i almost forgot about we're doing best of the super juniors as well um let me see where is it All right, so here is our lineup 
for best of, for best of super juniors. All right, so who is excited about Best of the Super Juniors in the chat? I got to get the right image up. They announced Best of the Super Juniors during the Dantaku show. So we're just going to go over it and we're going to talk about it um, very quickly. Because uh, I really don't have much information to go on other than like these are the competitors and stuff like that. So Best of the Super Juniors again starts May 15th, which is a Sunday. Block A has Taguchi, who is one half of the IWGP Junior Tag Team Champions. Yo. Yo needs to find... His fire, his footing, whatever you want to say, because Yo just has not been delivering as of late. He's a great performer. He's a great wrestler, but he has not been delivering as of late. Clark Connors, one of the four pillars of the Young Lions that has graduated the LA Dojo. And Clark Connors is in Best of the Super Juniors. I am extremely excited about this. I'm happy about this. This is very, this is um, a really good direction that they're going into. Um, even though, you know, the borders are, are like opening up and stuff like that. Like this is a really good uh, direction. We have Hiromu. We always know that Hiromu is going to be in Best of the Super Juniors. Um, we have Yoshinobu. We always know he's going to be there too. We have Ace Austin and Alex Zane as new members in this Best of the Super Junior, man. It's going to be fantastic. Ace, Ace Austin is a very fantastic wrestler. I love watching him. Um, and he is the Impact X Division champion as well. Alex Zane is cool too. I just don't really watch much of his matches, but I know that... Um, Judging by other people, they really enjoy him. So now, everyone who is a fan of Alex Zane, make sure you get yourself a subscription to njpwworld.com so you can go and support him there. Francesco Akira, he is new to New Japan Pro Wrestling. He is not new to professional wrestling, uh, and he is part of the United Empire. Um, I believe... Before coming to New Japan, he was in All Japan, and he was the champion over there in All Japan Pro Wrestling. And, of course, we got our Bullet Club members, Taiji Ishimori, who was our new IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. And we have Sho from House of Torture. Um, you know, it's Sho. Murder Machine Sho with his fucking wrench of a, of a, of a weapon. Like, seriously? Um, and then we have block B, which is Master Wado, the other half of the IWGP junior tag team champions with, uh, Taguchi, Robbie Eagles made it Titan. I am not too sure of like who Titan is. Bushi from LIJ, Desperado, he always has to have him in here. 
Doki is in here. We have El Lindemann from uh, Sema and Gleet. We have Wheel Yuta, who is the Ring of Honor Pure uh, champion and also AEW star. Um, I finally get to really sit down and watch Wheel Yuta matches on a very high competitive level. Hopefully he can survive Best of the Juniors. Um, and then I will eventually have my own assessment about Wheeler Yuta because everybody out there loves to overhype him. And then with Wheeler being part of the uh, BCC, it's a little overwhelming because I really want to like dive in and indulge myself to love a Wheeler Yuta match and talk about Wheeler Yuta on here. Um, on my podcast and stuff like that. But I can't do that if everyone is overhyping him because it's like, are you sure he's really good or is he good because Tony Khan says he's good? Like, there's a difference. Um, You know, wrestlers make their own superstardom. You know, Uh, promoters are not necessarily supposed to be like, a star is born, oh my God. Like, he's not supposed to tell you that. You're supposed to... um, Figure that out if you like him or not. And that wrestler is supposed to be like, yeah, I'm one of the best. Then we have TJP, part of United Empire. Can't wait to see what he does in Best of the Super Juniors. And then also we have El Fantasmo. And I don't think El Fantasmo is ever going to be part of the heavyweight division. Just because they keep putting him here in the junior, uh, in the junior setting. So... This is the lineup for Best of the Super Juniors. So again, um, for those of you in the chat, let me know how excited you are about Best of the Super Juniors. So that way my voice can, can rest a little bit. Man, best of the super juniors. Oh, yeah, so there is one last thing. Uh, Vortex, Vortex had asked me, you know, what do I mean by Bullet Club being messy? So, just to quickly answer that one Bullet Club being messy, and the fact that you know, um, they have Carl and Gallows. And, you know, not only are they cringy, but even though at the end we saw that they all like stood tall together and they took out Okada and they came out and celebrated, um, story-wise, it's just really, really messy. Story-wise, it's more like, you know, um, do they really need, um, Anderson and Gallows there? Um, you know... What kind of impact is uh, Anderson and Gallows really going to do um, in this whole story and whatnot? Like, I understand he's going after, when I say he, I mean Carl. He's going after, um, you know, Tama and stuff like that. You know, I totally get that. But at the same time, it's like, why are you guys back? You know, um, JY sees everything as a as a business a business decision. And, and he's letting the guys do what they got to do, um, you know, take names, kick ass, get championship titles. But the moment that you fail in order to elevate the name of Bullet Club 
or even the name of Switchblade Jay White, you are most likely going to get kicked out of the Bullet Club. That is probably how it's going to happen. Where, you know, if you fail at something, you're going to kick, you're going to get kicked out. That's why I believe that once House of Torture loses those never open weight six men championship titles, that they're going to get kicked out of Bullet Club. And then, you know, I don't know what they're going to do afterwards. But yeah, um, they're messy. Their story, their story is a little bit messy. I try the best that I can to sort of um, tell you guys exactly like what's happening and stuff like that. But there's still like a lot of questions um, to try to piece it together to where it makes sense. Uh, so yeah, that's how Bullet Club is messy. Um, all right. I am going to end it there, guys. I'm going to end it on Best of the Super Juniors uh, 29, where I just told you the uh, lineup, the roster, and everything. Talking about Wrestling Nantaku is amazing. Thank you guys for stopping by. Um, I was going to be like, I'm going to see you guys in the next one. Uh, but I'm just like, yeah, that's a little too, too, you know, uh, short and stuff like that. Um I do want to thank you guys for being here, uh, chatting with me, talking about wrestling for a little bit. Uh, shout out to uh, Jay Bougie that uh, followed me not too long ago and then, you know, tweeted out that I was live on Twitter. Um, and also for all of my videos, if you see your name scrolling across, that means that you are a sub of uh, twitch.tv forward slash Marie underscore shadows. Um, Thank you for being a sub. Thank you for being a fan. Thank you for following. Thank you for listening to me and hear me break down professional wrestling like no other. I am always available for other podcast uh, spots to talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling, to put them over, to get you excited the same way that, you know, the best three storytellers in professional wrestling is Jay White, Tonga Loa, and Tama Tonga. The three best that gets me super excited to want to talk about wrestling. Um, other than that, you know what to do. Follow me at Marie underscore shadows over on Twitter. Follow this Twitch channel, twitch.tv forward slash Marie underscore shadows. This, um, podcast episode will be out on anchor.fm forward slash square circle podcast and also YouTube in the upcoming days. Also make sure to follow me and, um, support my coffee page, Kate. Uh, www.ko-fi.com forward slash Marie underscore shadows. I will try my best to update my coffee page as best as I can. Uh, so look out on my Twitter for all of that kind of stuff. Um, and yeah. Um, all right, guys, you have been listening to an episode of the square circle podcast. I am your host, Marie Shadows, and I'll see you guys on the next one.